0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match
1: limited by state law.
2: This is PAX What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the PAX What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And the season has ended quicker than we would have liked um, we still at least have some football for a couple weeks, Wild card weekend this weekend, super Wild card weekend, excuse me. There is a game on Monday night now, um, divisional round, conference championships, and then the Super Bowl in mid-February. So still some football to look forward to, but unfortunately not Packers football. So Perry, we've had some time to kind of digest the loss a little bit. And we said on Monday that this show would be about the season as a whole. So let's just, let's just dive right in with some overall thoughts on the season
2: majorly disappointing in all aspects of everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if you if I think about how I feel, how I felt at the beginning of the season, I think we knew that the offense was going to struggle. I don't know if we anticipated how much it was going to struggle. I think I definitely expected more out of Aaron Rodgers after the contract that they gave him. Um, but I will say after the Lions game, like this team just wasn't a playoff team. And I know that December was really fun and exciting. and kind of sucked fans back in, but I'm almost relieved that we don't have to watch this team go out to San Francisco and get a total like beat down. And I'm not even like saying that out of like, you know hyperbole because they play poorly in SF like this team truly is not a playoff contending team and they like kind of showed it at the end of the season they think like everything really came full circle right all the issues that we saw all season kind of all cropped up at the end and um just massively disappointing that so many players didn't play up to their full potential
1: yeah, I think that's what made this season so challenging is even when they were kind of on the upswing and they had started to win games again, it just felt like this team had never lived up to the hype. And, you know, at some point, hype only does so much. Obviously, we know that. But the aspirations that the players had about being a Super Bowl contending team, analysts were picking them, you know, to be a favorite in the NFC. Um talking about potentially having a top five defense, you know, with the pieces that they added. Um, So I think maybe the biggest surprise for me or one of them with just thinking about thoughts on the season as a whole was that this team was much further away than we thought. And we kind of alluded to that on Monday when we talked about the, the recap and what was coming, but definitely felt like, you know, this was a season where the window was just hanging open for a little bit longer. And I think that this, the way that the season has ended has officially shut the window.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And like, there's been talk since, you know, the game of like kind of coaches. And obviously we haven't heard from Brian Goodkins yet, but just like this sense that like people want to run it back. And I think that that is the worst idea humanly possible. Um, This team will just, it would be like what we watched the Steelers try to do at the end of big Ben's career where and I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Big Ben because Rodgers is still playing like leaps and bounds better than Ben was, but just like this stretching of not wanting to acknowledge that the window of your hall of fame quarterback has closed and you need to either like, just kind of make a decision about what you're going to do moving forward. I think the added disappointment of this season is that the NFC was wide open. Like if not there was really. ever a year where the Packers like, really could have made a push. This was the year, you know, the Eagles obviously went undefeated for the longest. They're clearly the best in the NFC, but they have their flaws. The Packers kind of took it to them when they played them late in the year, like Tom Brady and the Bucks are bad. You know, you have, you're looking at the Giants and the Vikings making it in the 2020 or 2021 Packers. It could have, could be both of those teams. You know, you get an SF team that's playing really well, but it's still their third string quarterback and Brock Purdy. We have no idea how he's going to perform under like the playoff bright lights. Like the NFC is wide open and the Packers couldn't capitalize. And that to me is so disappointing because you're thinking about a guy who really genuinely deserved a second Super Bowl. Like I don't think anyone can argue against the fact that Rodgers deserved a second Super Bowl. Um, And to think now, like you said, with the window being reasonably shut, it's just not going to happen again.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, not to discredit the rest of the NFC North, but for a long time, and, you know, part of that was the play of the offense, the play of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he won back-to-back MVPs. He's a four-time MVP in the league for a reason. But part of the reason that it was so easy for the Packers to get into the playoffs was the way that they competed with the NFC North. You know, they were always able to bully teams like the bears and bully teams like the lions. And the fact that you've got the Vikings as the favorites now in the NFC North, you've got the bears with the number one overall pick, the lions arguably could have, should have, you know, made a wild card push as one of those wild card teams, their path, the Packers, their path to the playoffs this season and beyond is a lot more challenging now because their division is no longer the layup, that it was for the majority of Aaron Rodgers tenure as a quarterback. So regardless of if he comes back and we'll talk about that in just a little bit with this offense here, but you know, it's, it's definitely going to be some tough sledding compared to, you know, the way that they were just kind of able to waltz into the playoffs previously.
2: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So let's take a look at this offense because I don't know about you, but I think it really does come down to the way Aaron Rodgers played. And I don't, I don't want to say that he had to be perfect. He has to always be perfect. He has to be the hero that we've seen for the last, you know, 15 plus years in order for this team to have won. He needed to buy in to Matt Lafleur, right? And be the quote unquote game manager, if you will, that we saw, over 2020 and 2021 and the last couple of years, there was like plenty of Aaron Rodgers' magic. Obviously he was an MVP for a reason, but I think he was MVP because he was working within a really QB friendly scheme. And then Matt was able to kind of like dovetail off of Rogers just like raw talent and athleticism and like marry the two. And granted he had one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in football to throw to and you know, Devontae just got voted another into another All Pro. Like, you know, you, you lose that talent, you lose that talent. But this season, like Aaron Rodgers, really needed to be perfect, and he really needed, I think, to lean even more into the Lafleur like scheme of just like taking what's in front of him, attacking the middle of the field, the RPO, the play action, and all of that just got very lost. It got very lost, and there were it was just an inconsistent offense that really underperformed and i think maybe you and i had you know higher expectations for the skill players that were on this roster going into the season thinking like oh it won't be so bad but it was bad it it was just inconsistent i think and you can't win football games when things are super inconsistent so i mean i'll give you like you look at the, now we have all the stats from the year. I mean, points per game, 14th, yards per play, 13th, PFF grade, 12th, DVOA, 11th. That's their highest. EPA per play, 14th. They were a mediocre offense with Aaron Rodgers. And that to me is kind of like all encompassing of what this season was, which was just like, again, like underperforming expectations.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the caveat here, of course, is that it's a 17th game or 17 game season now, but just the 12 picks even from Rodgers uncharacteristic. you know, yeah. the highest total, except for the 13 picks that he threw in his, his first year as a starter in 2008. And a lot of that, you know, we talked about the ways that we thought that this offense could struggle, right? Aaron Rodgers takes some time to acclimate with rookie receivers. He's got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as two players that are going to have to step up and, you know, make an impact for the offense this offense dealt with injuries. The offensive line didn't have David Bakhtiari, didn't have Elton Jenkins. Like there's a lot of reasons that this offense was supposed to struggle or we, you know, predicted that they would struggle. But I don't think we expected the struggles to be as abundant as they were, especially when you're talking about a quarterback that in his second year with Matt LaFleur had 48 touchdowns. And even last year, you know, had 37 touchdowns. And, you know, I don't want to put all of the blame on him, but you just kind of wonder – you know, what happened because it felt like this offense was in such a rhythm and having Devonte Adams helps, obviously having an all pro receiver does help with that. But I feel like, and you know, maybe you agree with this or disagree with this. I felt like this season, we heard a lot more about Aaron Rodgers' dissatisfaction with the play calling. And I don't know if that's because they were losing games and it's easy to, you know, ignore some of those things when you're winning football games, but it felt like that was a really big narrative this season that he disagreed with a lot of the play calls or wanted to call plays And we didn't hear about that in 2020 or 2021.
2: This is what I mean by like the lack of buy-in. Like, I just agree with you. You could even see there being like, you know, debate, if you will, on the field mid-game. And like, you you can hear Aaron Rodgers check out of plays. He says, can, can, can. Like, you heard it all the time. And credit to Matt LaFleur. I mean, of course, you're going to have to give Aaron Rodgers like some level of leeway here. But... I wonder and we'll never know this if that like derailed game plans when Rogers is like continuously checking out of plays. And again, there's some level of bias when it works, right? Like you right. said, like when it works, nobody's complaining. But when it doesn't work, it exposes a lot of issues. And like you can point to a number of different scenarios where like potentially it was clearly Matt LaFleur's play calling that just didn't work out. And I think that's just going to happen, right? Every coach has those moments, but it is a little bit more clear now that there was like disagreement between the signal caller, the play caller, and the guy throwing the football. And I'm sure that was the issue. I think also in terms of, if you're going to look at like coaching and play calling, like, and again, this could be, they're a very RPO heavy team. And like, maybe Rodgers was checking out of these run looks, but like, They ran the football so inconsistently and you knew, you knew going into the season, the run game was going to have to be the backbone of this offense, especially with like young receiving core and a tight run room. That's like meh. And they again were super inconsistent with the run game, even though it worked when you consistently give Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon touches over, I think it's 15 touches or more in a game Packers tend to win and we can look at, we'll talk about the red zone later, but Again, I don't know if that's play calling, and I don't know if it's to your point. It's Aaron Rodgers just like disagreeing and still kind of wanting to take the game into his hands, so to speak, um, pun intended. But it just ended up being, you know, inconsistent ball.
1: Yeah, and I I will say that like I one of the bright spots, which was really surprising. I went back and I looked at a lot of Aaron Jones' stats from you know his tenure under Matt Lafleur and he didn't have a thousand yards rushing in 2021, but he did have over a thousand yards from scrimmage and he's continued to have a thousand yards from scrimmage or more since Matt LaFleur became head coach. I I did think it was surprising that his 1,121 yards rushing were the most of his career on the ground. You know, it doesn't count his all-purpose yards. That total isn't his highest, but for only having two rushing touchdowns on the season, I was kind of surprised at the productivity that he had on the ground because, and I guess kind of frustrated because you think about all the times he clamored at the TV to get Aaron Jones the ball or to give him more touches and you wonder what his touchdown total, what his, what his yardage total would look like if he was given more opportunities or like you said, more touches with the football.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: you know, you talk about he's, this is his best like rushing season. And yet it still feels like he didn't have the ball enough. Right. Which is so crazy to me because if you think about all those games where we're looking at the stats, you know, recording this podcast and we're going, Aaron Jones only had 12 touches in this game. Aaron Jones only had nine touches in this game. Like think about what he could have had if it was really a feed Aaron Jones, like led offense. I think we also expected that the running backs would be more involved in the past game And they weren't. I I don't mean that in that like Rogers didn't target them. I just honestly think that like they were asked to do things that they weren't, they aren't meant to do, you know, like Rogers didn't take the check downs that, you know, he could have to A.J. Or he missed
1: them wide open in the flat. Or
2: he missed them wide open in the flat. Thank you. He literally read my mind. (laughs) Or he's chucking them down the field as if they're wide receivers. And like, quite frankly, yes, do they both have good hands, but are they wide receivers? No, right. Like there was no, more running back friendly like pass plays this season and they should have been more involved in the past game because again, like we said, the passing offense just took quite a bit of time and quite frankly, never really got to where it could have been or should have been.
1: Yeah. And I mean, AJ Dillon obviously benefited from a lot of those red zone touches. He had seven rushing touchdowns on the season, which is the most of his career. Um, But 976 yards from scrimmage total, and that's counting the just over 200 yards he had receiving. So he missed his 1,000-yard all-purpose mark. Um, I know that he and Aaron Jones both hit hit that last season. So just kind of some head-scratchers, I think, for this offense and the productivity. And, you know, I guess the counterpoint of that is that you could flip and say – like, did we expect Christian Watson to have 611 yards and seven touchdowns? Probably not. You know, yeah. did we expect Alan Lazard to have almost 800 yards and six touchdowns? Maybe, probably not. You know, so I think that we saw benefits from some of these receivers um, or some of these key pieces on the offense. And then, you know, that kind of detracted from the productivity of other skill positions.
2: Totally. And I think if you look at the stats, like there are obviously bright spots, like Christian Watson being one of them. Alan Lazard, Good season. He's not a number one, you know, and you're asking him to do number one things and that's not, that's just not his role. And to me, the stats don't really like show how poorly the passing offense was in in terms of like situational football. Because that to me is like the crux of this offense's issues where like they would get rolling and have great drives. And I, I keep coming back to the red zone, but like stall out in the red zone, and then they'd get behind and it would be like one two three passing and you're like where did the run game go right this says like kind of up and downness of it all and it was so consistently inconsistent in that way that i'm wondering like again like what was the plan going into the game what were the scripted plays what did rogers check out of like what is this offense going to look like if it's like in its truest form, the Matt LaFleur offense? Because if it's like this, right. If Jordan, let's say like hypothetical Jordan loves quarterback. I'm sure if that's the case, there's going to be additional like issues that arise with like a first year starter. But if these similar like play calling inconsistencies happen, then at that point, I think we can point to Matt LaFleur and say, okay, maybe Matt just like gets in game and gets lost. But if there's consistency in terms of, like, style of play calling and, like, type of plays that are being called, then, like, I think we can point to Aaron Rodgers being the person who is checking out of things. And that doesn't mean that he was wrong and, like, there was, like, execution issues, right? It just means that's what it was, like, period. So it's just a very, very nuanced understanding of this offense because, as we've learned over the last few years, like, There's the offense and then there's Aaron Rodgers offense and you never really know which one you're going to get. And it got, I'm sure extra tricky this season with a lot of first year starters.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I I agree with you 100%, whether it's Jordan Love, whoever, we talked about it in the middle of the season. We talked about it now. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, whether Jordan Love is the quarterback if Aaron Rodgers comes back, but we both have said On this podcast before that we're excited for whenever that happens, whenever this time comes that Aaron Rodgers does retire for Matt LaFleur to be calling plays for a new quarterback, because, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers scramble against the Vikings for a touchdown and put the belt on and that was fun and it was nostalgic, but the way that Matt LaFleur can call an offense obviously will differ from a purely pocket passer like Aaron Rodgers, you know, almost it's, it sounds silly to call it old school at this point, but old school quarterbacking to somebody like Jordan Love who can use his legs. And whether it's Jordan Love, whoever it is under center next season, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, um, I think the play calling will be different. And I'd be really curious to see if the red zone offense continues to struggle or, you know, and we can't attribute that solely to the quarterback because you've got guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs that'll be in a second year in an offense, but. Really looking forward to kind of seeing what that looks like when Matt LaFleur has, who is a quarterback person, gets to work with a new quarterback.
2: And I think to your point about, you know, development from receivers, but like this team, this offense, I think in particular, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but this offense in particular, like just from a personnel standpoint, is going to look very different next season. Like this was like, there's going to be a serious changing of the guard, I think, in like really key areas. Like I think there's going to be pretty much an entire, entire overhaul of the tight end position, which quite frankly is fine with me. Like I said, I think they're just meh. Um, there's going to be now, you know, I fully think that like Lazard is not going to be on this team anymore. Randall Cobb is not going to be on this team anymore. Like this is now going to run through our two young rooks, which is awesome. Like they were the bright spots of the season. Um, obviously Romeo Dobbs kind of struggled a little bit coming back from his injury, but I think that's normal. Um, but like, that's going to be like the focal point now. And again, I could no idea about the running back position, but this team was just, this offense was just so like straddling this like old and new, and it didn't work out for them this season.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.